Welcome to the Marketing Technology Podcast. News, tools, and tips from marketing technology companies and the marketers using them. Here's Douglas Carr. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Doug Carr with another in the marketing interview series. And this one we're doing right from our office. So this is cool. Uh, most of the time we have someone Skype in of our experts, but we didn't have to do that because Brad from Monster Connect, Brad Seaman from Monster Connect is right in our backyard. Hey. <laughs> so welcome, Brad. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And, and Jen is joining us. Hello. Yay. <laughs> so this is exciting. You don't understand. This is, ex- this, this is, is a big day. This is like six years in the making. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, Monster Connect. Uh, well, you, let's first start with an intro to you. So how do, how, what do people need to know about Brad Seaman? Um, that's a really good question. I'm super handsome. Um, <laughs> it he's, is got, very... he's got the face for radio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, uh, you know, you, that's, you stumped me. I don't know. Brian, what do people need to know about me? I have four kids. I live in Indianapolis. I'm a passionate creator. And I like long walks on the beach. <laughs> Um, I'm still res- working I'm, I'm, on your cool card. I'm super resourceful. <laughs> uh, but I think, I think from a company perspective, um, I've got a 10 year sales background. Yep. Um, you know, monster connect came out of a real, a real need. I'm actually offended that you indicated that I might not be cool. <laughs> it was a joke. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so, you know, 10 year background in, in, in sales. Um, I grew up in a, in a, in a call center family. And, um, I, I got thrown in early on, uh, doing the grunt work. So I, uh, 16, 17 summer job. Um, dad says, Hey, you know, you got to either go work somewhere or work for me. And they threw me in this really, you know, tiny room, um, monitoring, you know, 300 people on a call center. Oh my and, gosh. Um, this gal's going through menopause that my partner, my, my monitoring <laughs> oh my. partner is going through menopause. And oh uh, periodically throughout the day, she would flip on this little fan and grab the sides of her computer and go, oh, Brad, I'm going through the changes. <laughs> so as a 16-year-old, that was really impactful. And so out of that experience, I came up with Monster Connect. <laughs> Now that that's is, a story. That is a long story short. My one of my first jobs in high school was working at a call center. Okay, and it lasted like, a moment, my, like ten minutes. It's, oh my it's god, pa- it's it a painful life. So painful, super painful. Yeah. So so I tell people this is my that Monster Connect is me trying to get out of the call center business. Yeah. So even though there's a call center function to this, it's really um, really more software. Um, you know what we do is very very scalable. Um, from just a from a business standpoint, and it really came out of a couple different experiences that I had, really coming out of college doing full time work in the call center, and then wanting to create a product versus having a service. Yeah. So the challenge and just some real internal challenges too. So the one thing that we had problems with internally was we always you know the the company was you know private. We didn't have venture venture capital at one point. We had maybe twelve sales guys. And you had two or three guys that were really, really good. Yep. And then the other 10 guys you couldn't fire because you were trying to hit your number. Yeah. And so from there, somebody got an idea of, hey, let's have some of the call center agents place calls. And when they get somebody live, um, we'll put them on hold and transfer them over. 
And then that sort of evolved, and um, I took another thing that was happening on the call center floor, which was we did live lead transfers for mortgage companies. So this is back in the day when you could call somebody's house oh boy. and get them on the get them on the phone and get them <laughs> to refinance their house. So we call and be like, "Hey, Bubba, you want to buy it? You know, refinance your house, get a boat." Right. And um, he'd say, "Yeah." And then we'd be like, "Hold on one second, we're going to transfer you over to the Wells Fargo officer." So the Wells Fargo guy would be sitting there from 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock eating pizza waiting for his phone to ring. <laughs> and so his phone would ring. Our guy would say, hey, we got Mr. Johnson on the phone. He's getting ready to, you know, he'd like to refinance his house. And um, loan officer would take it over. Well, all kinds of crazy stuff would happen because, you know, we'd talk to the guy. He'd say, we're interested. we get him to the loan officer. And all of a sudden, you know, all kinds of stuff would go wrong. Like he, you know, wasn't alive. It was the person's kid. It was the... You know, the guy had died. He wasn't interested. So we put these verification agents in place. And when you said you were interested, we'd send you over to Jen. And Jen would say, hey, I just want to make sure all your information is correct. Ah, nice. And then we'd send them over. So that was all done in real time. So what would happen is, Doug, you'd say, yeah, I want a fishing boat. Yeah. We'd say, hold on. We'd hit a button. <laughs> and it would go 100 yards down the call center floor instantaneously to a verification rep. Right. So they would raise their hand and say, hey, we got somebody. And I noticed that the, the calls were getting transferred faster than the hands were going up. Yeah. And so I took these two ideas, put them together, put them on the outbound, and all of a sudden we had Monster Connect. Nice. So I figured. Jeez. Because um, so the, pain, the pain, I'll tell you what I did, was credit card, card. sales. Ugh. And so you'd say, you know, you'd open up with your spiel or whatever, you know, and, hey, would you like to change credit cards? And then you'd have to keep them on the line for like forty-five minutes to go through a credit. <laughs> to go through the credit app, you get all the you know, get all <laughs> to the go through the credit app. Right. And so, and I was terrible at it. You know, it was I couldn't keep people on the line. I couldn't keep them in a conversation. I was literally the bottom of the chalkboard every single day, just waiting to get fired. You know. Well, I think you bring up a good point just about outbound in general. I think yeah. one of the challenges and one of the things that when people make outbound phone calls that they really make a big mistake on is background. Cause if you need a credit card yeah. and I call you, then it's a good call. Right, if you right. don't need a credit card and I call you, it's a bad call. So it's all relative. Oh, it got to begging. It got to be right. Well, <laughs> yeah. cause, cause, and shame on your call, shame on your credit card company that you work for, because you know, I th when we think about outbound, you know, one of the things that we find with our clients and we find internally is when you call somebody, and they're the right position, yep. and there's some indication that there's a need for your product, it usually goes good. If my full-time job right. is to move my company forward, and you call me with a technology that I've never heard before, yeah. I'm probably going to talk to you. Yeah, I tell people all the time, we, we take calls and demos, and you know not just because of the marketing tech blog, but because of our clients. You know. Every day. Never Every know. day we're looking at stuff. And so, uh, you know, I, I think outbounds, absolutely. And, and I think the vast majority of our clients have outbound as part of their strategy. Yeah. I don't think right. anybody relies totally on inbound. Right. Say 95%. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I think it's this idea of all bound. Yeah. You know, I, Absolutely. Um, which yeah. I want to give a, uh, a plug to Alan Nance from what counts is he's the, he's the one that's really come up with this idea of all bound, but he simply says you got to do all the sales is really hard. There's no silver bullet. Right. And you've got to do all the things that it takes to get a deal. Right. So but, if, but the the opportunity though, because you're talking with Monster Connect from a, you know, like I love the term sales enablement, right? Because 
if you're going to invest the money in a sales team and invest in people that do know how to make outbound calls calls and everything, the last thing you want them to do is, you know, fishing for content, uh, trying to fill in a CRM, uh, right? You know, the stats are pretty startling at sales reps, outbound sales reps are not doing much outbound these days, right? Well, right. I mean, you right. don't buy a Ferrari and put it in a traffic jam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but sales en- enablement will also show who can actually do their job. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And that's the big, you know, you know, like I said, this came out of a real internal need for, for the, you know, we were trying to scale an outbound sales team. And when the, when the idea was really created, we had about 120 guys doing outbound inside sales. And the scale on that was so difficult is because you, it was just hard to find people that were good. And what inevitably happens in any sales team, you know, maybe it's a little, you know, I think it's probably is you get into more organized the organization, the, the better they are at this. But what happens in a lot of cases, if you're in the small to midsize, you know, especially a private company, is that you get a guy and he's, and he's, and he, you think he can make it. And, and you put him in a sales meeting and what inevitably happens? Three months, he's not hitting his number. Then everybody gets around and they're like, oh, well, let, let's buy him appointments. Or let's, you know, man, yeah. if we could just, you know, if we could get him appointments or we could, you know, have him stop blogging or he could, you know, just eat, you know, the red Kool-Aid faster. I mean, he could get more sales. And then um, it never happens. So right, with right. Monster Connect, you're able to take somebody and in a week, you can get enough historical evidence to figure out if this guy's going to make it. It would take you six months to do that by yourself. So right. you're accelerating the, right. you're taking a guy who, uh, you know, you're not sure is going to make it or not. He talks to a hundred people right there. You have your, yeah. you have your evidence. Statistically yeah. valid. Statistically yeah. valid. Imagine this. Everyone's coming over for the cookout later, but insects have invaded your yard by the thousands. You think you're doomed. Think again. Think Amdro. New Amdro Quick Kill works fast, just like the name says. In fact, Amdro Quick Kill liquids work in minutes and kill over 500 insects. Now all you have to worry about is running out of burgers. So go ahead, get Amdro and take back your yard. The new Amdro Quick Kill products are available now, only at Lowe's. Are you a marketing technology company looking to increase your market share? Contact Doug and his team at DK New Media for information on their public relations, search engine marketing, and content strategies, including a dedicated show on this podcast. Email info at dknewmedia.com. And so, so talk about that. You know, even mention a customer if you want. You know, what, what is a day in the life of a Monster Connect customer look like, that sales rep that's sitting, you know, uh, there? Yeah. So um, I guess the first thing is, you know, sh- should we talk a little bit about the problem that we solve? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay. So so we basically take the problem of cold calling, which is a really difficult task to get somebody on the phone, and we make it really simple. So one way to think about it is, um, I think about it as like Uber for phone prospecting. So Uber, <laughs> you hit a button, and in yep. th- three minutes, somebody goes out and gets you a cab. Right. And, and brings it to you. Nice. Yeah. So same thing with, with us. You're going to hit a button, and in three minutes, we're going to go out and get you on the phone with a live person. So we're Uberizing yep. phone prospecting. So, yep. we're, so we're taking something that's really difficult, and we're making it really, really simple. And they provide all of the, the outbound numbers and, and everything else. So, so you're basically an, an interim between, you know, their old step of they, you know, dialed for yeah. dollars and, and everything else. 
but you guys are in between handling that traffic and making sure that the flow is Cor- maximized. Yeah. So, so statistically, I mean, it could take, you know, there's some different studies out there on the bridge group and CSO insights and, um, you know, a couple other sales organizations that talk about how many dials it takes to get somebody on the phone. And it typically ranges, you know, depending on which study you're looking at is it takes about 24 calls to have a, relevant conversation 24 24 wow. so the average phone call takes about two minutes when you yeah. think about you know placing the call and and the recording and getting you know getting the person on the phone it takes about yeah two minutes um so we're taking that process and we're doing all the we're removing all the barriers so we have live agents that are dialing on your behalf combined with some technology Yep. And they're doing all the legwork. So they're navigating through the phone prompts. They're interacting with the administrative assistants. And then as someone live picks up the phone, they're instantly being nice. connected in real time. And so so on a given day, without Monster Connect, if you have a sales rep sitting there, what's the productivity difference? difference. It's about eight times. It's about an eight times difference. <laughs> so if you're making, you know, average sales guy makes anywhere from, you know, depending on if you're a full-time sales development rep or you're yeah. a sales guy, you're going to make anywhere from 24 to you know, 80 calls in a day. Yeah. And, um, you know, we can do somewhere between, you know, typically 150 to 225 in an hour. Wow. So we're allowing yeah. you to scale. And then that results in somewhere between eight to 10 live conversations. Nice. So you're speaking to a lot actual decision makers and you never had to dial. You didn't have to dial. You didn't have to wait. You didn't have to talk to a gatekeeper. You just hit a button and on the phone, you're instantly talking to a Cause, live person. Cause your technology and your team, team. is navigating yeah. all of the phone trees and doing all of that. Correct. They're doing all the things that dialer can't do on okay. its own. Nice. So the one way I like to, well, and I was just going to say, let's talk about the difference between what somebody might think, oh, it's an appointment setting company, and it's not. So let's talk a little bit about how you guys are different from that and what's the value of using your company versus a appointment setting company. Yeah, no, good question. So I think there's two things. There's, uh, we get confused for a power dialer, mm-hmm. so like an InsideSales.com or a Vanilla Soft or a 5.9, right. and then we get confused for appointment settings, specifically here in Indianapolis, you know, with lead gen being here in town and having a big presence, there's a lot of, you know, confusion around, around that. We're really a hybrid between the, between the two. So appointment setting, you hire them, they learn your product, they set the meetings. Um, You know, power dialer, you decide you want to do it yourself. Um, You can, you know, power dialer does one call at a time and it does, it doesn't address the real issue inside a B2B situation which is phone trees right. administrative assistants <laughs> admins and that's and that's what we do so from appointment setting specifically they're going out learning your product we're not learning your product we're just simply putting you on the phone in real time with your prospects and we're letting you pitch your pro- pitch your solution so we're right. looking for companies that feel like they can schedule meetings for themselves better than someone else could you know they see it as an asset for them to do their own prospecting and lead generation right all right, so so I think we've got the te- we've got the problem down. Yep, we've got the technology down. Yep, and and so for a given sales rep, what's what's the you know what is that time difference? What do they experience when they're in the Monster Connect system? Yeah, so so basically every two minutes to four minutes, they're speaking live with a decision maker. So the way that it works, yeah, is that they're going to say okay. 
here are the 200 contacts that I aggregated from LinkedIn or I got from Zoom Info or I've got from our internal database. Yeah. Uh, you know, jigsaw.com. And I want to reach these guys. So they're going to load it into our product. Yep. You know, we have a, a really nice integration with Salesforce. So you can create a report in Salesforce, click go, and we grab that report and we call, we call it. So at that point, when you hit go, we've got a team of live agents, six yep. to eight, that we're going to route calls to. And they navigate the phone prompts, interact with the admins. And then when Bill picks up and says, hey, this is Bill, instantaneously, he's talking to your sales guy. Wow. And, and how does how does the sales guy know? Yeah. So he's know? watching all the dials happen. Oh, wow. And then as they get connected, he's seeing it pop up on his screen. Oh, So nice. he's watching a dashboard. He's seeing all the calls go out as they go out, who's being called on, what company they're with. So so he's going to literally see, okay, I'm connected with uh, Jen right now before Jen even picks up. Yeah. He sees it as she's, yeah, correct. <laughs> nice. Correct. So he's watching it. As it's happening, and then once she picks up and, you know, we've identified Jen, and she says, hey, this is Jen, um, we're going to connect in real time. So what we're doing is we're just leaning into, there's some really concrete processes in which people answer the phone, and we're just leaning into those. Yeah. So, you know, it's an, you're looking at 90 to 95% accuracy of what we do. I mean, there's times where we might, you know, guy will fake us out on a voicemail or you say, Hey, this is Doug. And we were trying to reach Doug Smith, not Doug Carr. Right. Um, right. You know, and in those cases, that's just, you know, Oh, Hey, sorry, Doug. I was trying to reach, you know, wrong Doug. Can you transfer? Right. Nice. So I, I gotta ask, like, what does this do to sales teams? Like, it seems like they would just be jacked. They'd be pumped. It dramatically they changes. To, they don't have to sit there. On <laughs> yes. Them. It dramatically changes sales organizations. Because I, I know I was working, you know, I worked at Exact Target yeah. in the outbound team, and I would just watch those guys just all the, yeah. grunting so, through, sitting on hold, putting in voicemail, just just all day. And, you know, and, and they're, they've got quotas, right, that they've got to reach X number of people a day, and they're running out of time because right. – People aren't answering or, or not there or, right. you know, right. whatever. So, so what's, so, so you bring all kinds of interest. So first thing is I think about this is like, you would not have a very fun life if you're, if you were professionally pitching to yourself, the baseball, <laughs> like if you're full-time job, like you're a really good, I mean, imagine if Ben Zobrist who, who um, just got um, traded to the Cubs from Kansas city. Imagine if he had to pitch himself what's the ball. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he's just like all day long. Like my batting practice is I'm pitching myself the ball yeah. and I'm hitting. I mean, that wouldn't be very <laughs> yeah. effective or real terrible. or realistic. It'd be terrible. Right. Right. Um, so you have batting machines, right? You put your money in and it spits out the balls and you, you know, you practice and that's the most efficient. And that's really kind of how I think about what this is, is that you're putting your, you're putting your person in a situation where they can um, consistently have real life scenarios. And and uh, so, can you tout some use cases? You know, some wins for your for your clients. Can yeah. So, um, you know, I think you know one of them is uh, you know KPA at a at a Denver. Um, they got a sales team of four guys, but they get to operate a sales team as if they had thirty because they're leveraging our our solution. Thanks. Jarrett Logistics, uh, trucking company. Uh, they do uh, logistics software and delivery. And so they've got a sales team of uh, five guys that are just banging, you know, banging on the phone, reaching out to um, log logistics company or reaching out to warehouses and distributors. And, um, you know, we allow them to operate as if they had a, 
a 30-man sales team, but they're only doing it with four with four guys. That's awesome. Now, now, do you guys are are you guys watching to throttle it? Let's say if all five of those guys are live and on the on on the phone with someone. Yeah. So our software takes care of all that. It does all the the science behind who needs a call and when. Nice. So so you're not gonna have them piled up no, or anything no, no, like that. Nope. Nope. It all it all it's like a the math behind the math and the science it the algorithm behind it. Covers That's all that. fantastic. And how how long have you guys been? Uh, 2010. 2010. So about so about five years. Five years. Wow. Five year startup, right? Five year startup. <laughs> <laughs> We're right there with you. Five years. Yeah. I told someone this morning, Marketing Tech Blog's been over a decade and it's still a startup. <laughs> well, you know, so I think you bring a good point there. So so there were a couple of things that we were really dedicated to um, early on that I look back and, and say we we definitely could be bigger, faster, stronger had we taken on you know VC or we had raised money. But the one thing that was really important to me is that I wanted to be in a situation where we could serve our client. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think you got to really unpack what, what that means. Does that mean that we can provide you every bell and whistle that you want? Well, I mean, I think at some point it does. But I think what it really means is, can I hear you? Like, do, do our vision. What I really wanted to do is I wanted to be able to pick the clients that lined up with. Sure. Our vision. Yep. And I think what happens when you, once you take BC money, which I'm, you know, I'm not saying that we won't ever, we won't ever take, right. you know, venture capital, but <laughs> hello, venture capital people. <laughs> this is a broadcast. $2 million, please. <laughs> Brad Seaman is looking for $2 million. This is going to be huge. Um, but, but I really wanted to service the client and I wanted to be able to, when somebody said, hey, I wanted to do this, or I feel like there's a need there, I wanted to be able to address that need without having someone in the background that had an alternative uh, idea for what the company right, could be. Right. And I think what happens when you raise, I think raising money um, when the timing is right is good. Right. Yeah. Um, but if you're, what happens with all these, you know, I mean, the valuations are going crazy, but one of the things that happens is if you grow, if you take a kid, and you try to get him to ride a bike before he's ready to ride a bike, yeah. there's a lot of pain. Yeah. There's yeah. a substantial amount of pain. So I have a, I have a, a five-year-old that we tried to teach to ride his bike when he was three. And when he was six, I came out in the garage and taught himself. I right. mean, the timing, the timing was just right. Yeah. I didn't have to. Um, yeah. so, so I think for us, um, you joke about the five-year startup. But, yeah, I mean, it, it took about five years for us to really get to a place um, where all the mechanisms were were in place. We went out, we, you know, initially started on, we bootstrapped the whole thing. Yep. Um, you know, we have some internal money from from um, myself. And friends and family. Friends and yep. family. Yep. Um, but we didn't take any outside investment. Um, we um, went out and, and basically bootstrapped, you know, put together a, a thing that worked until it didn't work. And then we found another thing that worked until it didn't work. Then we yeah. brought on a developer uh, and then he built out the product and, and for the last two years, we've really started catching speed as we've, as we've grown, we've continued to get more and more control, which has put us in that position I was talking about as, yeah. a, as a business. We just want to be able to serve people. Right. You know, right. Uh, what I never wanted is I didn't ever want to be in a room where we were all coin tossing over what direction we were going to go. Right. And you know, that's what happens early on. If you take money is that, sure. you know, yeah. you take the money and the timetable and the ticker goes off. And you got to start spending that. Well, and, and you've got another, you know, now you've got another boss. You've got the investor. 
when the investor has his own agenda and or her own idea of where the company should be going and yeah. you know and and pushing you in that direction where it, it might be unnatural we've we've seen we've seen yeah. it with our with our own so, clients you know that that they take money and all of a sudden it's you know the clients that were perfect for them before it's just not gonna work well i think what happens is you know if you look at um so so we use the disk task in hiring and yeah. most people um most people just simply do not like to change. 60% of people's person, 60% of the world does not like change. Yeah. They're just in, intrinsically, you don't like change. So what happens is um, when you're on a startup, you need to be able to adapt and change where right. you take on money from someone else who then stacks your staff with high likelihood of people that don't like change. Yeah. And you got a real recipe for, for disaster. And sure. I just use that stat because the likelihood, you know, it's pretty high. Right. that you no, have a group of people on the team that right. don't yeah. like to change. And um, startups about finding something that works. And, you know, I tell our team all the time, I don't know that this is what we're going to be doing in 10 years, but this right. is what we're doing today. These are the right. things that we've been resourced with. Right. And we're going to make the best possible business out of it. Sure. But, hey, we might be selling uh, solo cups at the baseball field. In <laughs> right. I don't know. I mean. Um, well, and if you establish the vision before money comes in. That's the key. Other, Yeah, right. that's the key. And, uh, you know, the employees feel like they've had some say in where the vision is going. So, And your clients loyalty. are going to tell you too, right? They're right. going to they're gonna drag you into new directions you right. know, based on what their needs are. Running and, their and trust. screaming. Well, <laughs> yeah. I think, I, like, sometimes. Well, well, I think, Jen, I think you really hit on something that's really important, which is, you know, once you're more established – and you understand what direction you're going, accelerating, that's easy. But what happens is people enter the market, they take on money, and people don't like change. So once they start changing, then that's when all the arguments happen, right. and everybody's got their own interest, and it just, it just ends up being yeah. a bad fit, where if later on right. you're more mature and you take on money, well, you've already defined your direction. You, don't, right. you know what you don't know. Yeah, we've, I mean, and we've seen it work terribly too. You know, we've seen it where, um, you know, it was a total cash out deal for the founder. You know, they, they had no interest in expanding the business. They had no, all they wanted to do was get a buyer so that they could get a lump sum and get, get out, out of there, you know? And so in, in those cases who, you know, the customer is left, you know, hanging. So I uh, much respect, especially bootstrapping it last five years, Several iterations, proven model now for yeah, two proven years. Proven model, making yeah. money. Yeah. Things, you know. So congratulations. That's awesome. And a, a good Midwest Indiana startup. Yeah, so. yeah. I uh, Have they written about you everywhere already? No. no. We're, <laughs> we're not. You're important. under the radar? No, we, didn't, we didn't borrow any money. Yeah. <laughs> you got to borrow money. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, we know that to be true. Yeah. <laughs> But no, and I think, you know, I think what, what happens is, you know, when you, the, the things that were important to us was, uh, you know, I think when you think about your company, it's really important to try to understand what you want, what you want to accomplish yeah, and what kind of impact you, you want. And I think there's so much writing. It's almost like good stuff in the news. You know, people like to write about bad stuff. Because it's exciting. Yeah. And so the good stuff gets, right. you know, taken over. So having somebody who just wants to build a sustainable company that impacts its employees' <laughs> yes. lives yeah. is not nearly as exciting as taking on a $25 million you Series A it. round. You nailed it. We, we have so many, we have so many, even in the tech industry, so many quiet 
successful companies here yep. in Indiana. Indianapolis, right. And and they won't they're not ever looking to take that next step. And so a lot of people just don't know about them. And we've we've pushed, you know, and I sh- I should give a shout out. Like Joshua Hall has been listening, you know, at Tech Point and he's a good guy and he's he's encouraged people to tell these stories and and I think of of recent I think a lot of these stories are starting to get out now, you know, through their channels. But but uh but you know, unfortunately it's the I, I was, was what are the you know the stats are something like ninety percent of people in the U.S. are I think employed by a small, small business. business you know and people just don't realize that they don't realize that there are so many small businesses mm-hmm. and unfortunately you have like the economic development you have venture capital and everything there's not programs targeted towards the the company that's going from two to four people but those companies doubled in size. Right. Like a that's bedrock. a big deal. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, that is a big, that is a big you deal. Know? Well, and people are typically more happy or happier when they work with small businesses because yeah. they actually can get to the They're owner. Not they a can cog talk. on the wheel. Right. But yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting, I, I, I think that we really need to embrace that. I was just talking on, of course I was arguing on Facebook with someone about it. Of course. But, but if but, he spent half as much time <laughs> working as he, he does, <laughs> Facebook arguing. I'm cutting oh that my out. Gosh. <laughs> I know. The other day I no. see on Twitter, like all of a sudden I'm being mentioned in some um, Twitter battle. Uh, Monster Connect is, and I wasn't real sure. It was almost was like a Twitter battle. Like he, he dug through it in there as like a de- like to confuse the ba- the battle. <laughs> all of a sudden he was like pound Monster Connect, but I was reading it. It was about like which stall you should go in when you walk in a bathroom. No, it wasn't. You're, Doug. <laughs> you're making that up. I, I, I am making that up. I think it was you and Rocky Walls were talking about something, and, and all of a sudden it was Pound Monster Connect. And Rock, I was trying to figure Rocky's out. another great example of a company that I think totally bootstrapped. bootstrapped totally, yeah. you know, now two companies that are successful right. and growing. Looks like you already visited at home this spring. The patio looks great, but why the makeover? Because we're hosting the block party, because Sunday dinners moved outdoors, because, oh, Hunter's graduation and Emily's baby shower, and because sometimes I can just sit back and enjoy it. Explore At Home's expanded selection of patio decor, like cushions starting at $9.99 and garden themes from modern to coastal. At Home, the home decor superstore. Any style, any budget, any reason to redecorate. Visit one of our three Austin area At Home superstores today. And stuff. Yeah. Infographics and white papers continue to lead search and content strategies throughout the web. DK New Media researches, designs, and promotes the best informational graphic and most well-produced white papers in the industry. Contact Doug and his team at DK New Media for additional information. Email info at dknewmedia.com. You know, it's un- it's it's unfortunate. I know for me, um, you know, I had a I had a previous business where we raised raised money. And the best way I can describe it is if you read Eric Reese's book um, on um, what's the name? I, I totally forget the I totally forget the name of the book um, on uh, Lean Startup. Okay. So if you read Eric Reese's book on Lean Startup, the very first page he talks about being in him and his partner break up before his you know the, before this Lean Startup methodology. They have a software company and they break up and they break up in the rain and they're like screaming at each other on what direction the company's going to go. And then he goes left, the other guy goes right, and they never talk to each other again. Yeah. And, um, you know, once you've been s- there, <laughs> <laughs> been there with a the previous, previous, a previous <laughs> yeah. so, so, I mean, once you raise, once you get lots of people involved, um, it gets difficult. I mean, yeah. it's like, it's like, 
uh, you know, it's it's challenging if everybody isn't on the on the same page. So as I stepped into this, it was just really, really important to keep the main thing the main thing, which was I wanted to have a business that was scalable. Yep. I wanted to have a business that provided real value. I wanted to have a business that impacted people's lives. Uh, most people go to work and they hate what they do. Yep. So if you can create an environment where they, the the things that you can control in the company is who you work with. Uh, that's the yeah, you know, that is the right. thing you can control. We can't right. control the government. We right. can't control right. regulations and we can't control market. Um, right. You know, ups and downs, but we can control who we who we work with. Well, and I, I, I think that's more to the point of, you know, where where I'm always fighting on behalf of, let's say, corporations or is people's attitude towards companies are it's that 10 percent. Right. It's the big conglomerate, nameless but they don't realize that the rest of the business is 90% of, right, of them are, small are these right. small, passionate, we want to do good by our right. customers. We're not looking to make a million dollars. We're right. just, we just want to sustain a great, healthy company and help people. Too much red tape. Yeah. yeah. And so, and so that's why I'm always, when well, I get upset with people when they say something bad about corporations, because I'm a corporation, Listen. you know, Jen and I have this business and it's, we're, we're, we're not that way. You right. know, we do a ton with charity. We do a ton with the local community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so stop, stop pooling us into this, you know, into category. this yeah, category. Yeah. Uh, and most of us aren't in that category. Well, and so. you know, with startups, like if there are, if there is more than one person who's involved, um, you know, you're both so passionate about yeah. what you're doing. So when you disagree, it's such a, such a terrible. It's emotional. Yeah. It's we we bad... talk about it. We talk about like when, when we have a great customer that we're doing really good business with a lot of times for us, if there's a change in leadership, we're out, right? That's right. all it takes yeah. is, but, but, and, and it happens. The CMO has their marketing agencies that they worked with the last 10 companies and everything else. And so, but it's, it's almost like this mourning period for me and Jen, like, like they were, they, we, we say we, we don't even talk, it's like Uh, we're part of the company. And so it's, it's a really interesting dynamic where we're getting, we're getting better at it, but it still hits us in the gut, you know? You're breaking up with us? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But we're so And we've broken up with a few ourselves, I gotta (laughs) say. I thought everything was working out. But those were more fun. Right, right. You didn't take me to dinner enough. (laughs) Yeah. But you said it earlier. You said now you're in a position to really fine-tune the kind of clients that you guys are getting on board, making sure they're the right fit. Um, the, and that, and that you can move the needle, right? That's yeah. another big I mean, piece. Yeah. The, the big thing that changed for us is, is bringing on, is, is really investing in development because that put us in, can, that put us in control is right. to be able yeah. to hear we weren't somebody. dependent on third parties. Anymore. Yeah. We weren't dependent on third parties. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to tell this story and hopefully it gets edited out of the, out of the <laughs> podcast. Don't say but, hopefully. Um, <laughs> um, so, so you know, initially we started the the company on a third party product. So, um, I'd been working on the idea, and I made like 200 phone calls to 200 different software and technology um, companies, a lot of call center um, solutions. And um, every time I would get down to the closing table, I would find some. You know, there was some problem. It was you know like uh, what we you know I always joke internally. It's like we're a you know, an Indy car and a NASCAR race. It's like, or maybe a funny car and a NASCAR race. Um, 
because all the parts are the same. You got wheels and you know right. steering and windows. But and you're not, not doing the same thing. But that we're not doing the same thing. Everybody yeah. and and you can take a you know an Indy car and you could probably modify it to be in a funny car race. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it wouldn't be very competitive. Right. And so we started the company out on a third party product. I make 250 phone calls. I find I find one company on the face of the earth that we can run this product on. We enter the market. We outgrow that in like 90 days. <laughs> um, we hire a third. Th- this is where the funny story comes in. We hire these guys from Texas, which really should go down as a case study for um, the worst client, the, the, the worst <laughs> experience ever doing anything. Is <laughs> So we hire these guys. Um, at this point, we have this, you know, we have a massive client list. That, and we've been doing this for about a year. We got a massive client list. Um, things are just spiraling out of control. Because the software we're on is not suited, you know, we, we entered our Honda Civic into the the 500. It's like, you know. Um, what's that? Beep? So you got customers. You so got we have demand, all these customers. We got. you don't have a platform. It's, I mean, it, so the thing works. We're servicing people. We're not servicing them, like, substantially great. Um, so we go out and hire these guys from Texas who say, like, oh, this is what we do. We can build this. We can build this for you. And um, they they build it and they solved a couple of our problems, but what they they but on the back end, man, we had it was it, they solved two or three problems and created twenty five more. And so I fly out to Texas to get these guys, you know, in acting right. And I get down there and they take me to a um, Cowboys game and they got so drunk. At the game, that I had to drive them home, and then we were supposed to play golf the next day. Oh my god! And they couldn't remember that I they they knew I was in Texas, but they couldn't remember exactly like why I was there or oh what was supposed gosh. to be like what was supposed to happen the next day. So they call me up and they're trying to like feel me out to make sure that you know I don't know what they thought. I don't I don't. They were just yeah. like, hey, we we know you're here. We know we went to a game, but like everything out like that, we just blacked out, which was. Was exactly how our relationship was. Is they would just like black out. Like we go like whole weeks at a time without uh, having the product. Uh, we eventually brought it on a developer, a really smart guy um, who nailed who nailed it and yeah. phenomenal product. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. I mean, so oh don't gosh. take your clients out, black out, and then ask them why they're in town. Um, and the the whole time, the guy we're watching. You know, the just come out with the new. Um, stadium there at the Cowboys game. And so it's like the cow, this guy's like maybe 40, you know, he's probably six. He's probably in his mid fifties. And every time the cheerleaders would come on, he'd go, that's a real, that's awesome. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I love the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. oh, that's fantastic. Cut, cut, cut. You have to cut out. You don't have to cut it. You didn't mention any names or anything. Uh, so um, that's, that's hey, we've all been through it, you know. And and I'll I'll be honest, you know, you you talked about it. We've had our pain points, right? Internal, yeah. you know. We've we've had where we, you know, we had at one point we had a developer at one point, you know, and then everything backed up and backed up and backed up, and we couldn't deliver. And and uh, it's a terrible, terrible situation. You know, we we were up all night, you know, just stressed and. Um, but you know, you, you work through those. Now we've got a nice network of, for overflow for everything and it, but it took five years for us to get it. It it takes, I think it takes time. It takes time to build anything that has 
has value. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. I, hey, I, I was talking to someone like um, Compendium. You know, they shifted directions, I think, three times before they sold to Oracle. Three major, you know. One was a total scrap of their entire system. Yeah, because they started out doing like blogging. They were yeah. Like, you know, yeah. They were like gaming Google, right? Yeah. And then and, Google and came out with a block like specifically for them, didn't they? Yeah. Like, <laughs> no. But, it's like imagine coming into your email that's been like, Mr. They, Google has but blocked their, you. But their first platform didn't work. You know, they, they spent uh, all the friends and family money, you know, and then they had it redeveloped and that worked, you know, but then the market really wasn't there, sure. you know, and. And so they, they saw that the content, you know, process was was what was selling. So they went in that direction. And then Oracle, you know, bought them because they had good clientele so. and, and that. So it's a, you know, I, th- I think it's a mistake for people to think that there's these, you know, perfect companies that just pop up with the right answer at the well, right time. Well, I mean, it's like the, you know, it's like singers. You know, all of a sudden guy, you know, you're like overnight success. Yeah. He was in, you know, last week he was in the bar. Yeah. Yeah. And some little yeah. singing to four guys, he gets First, on he gets on the bucks. voice and now he you know so I I think it just takes time to develop stuff. And I think the important thing is, you know, what it you know, for us it was about determination and knowing that we had we had an idea that would really impact how sales teams right. did yeah. their their it just came from own personal pain. It's like this product was created from a pain that that we had that we were trying to that we were trying to solve and, awesome. mor- and morale for that matter and morale yeah i mean pe- like you said people 90 percent of people don't like what they do yeah and imagine if you're a sales guy with this tool well, and, and i think it's so much easier yeah and i think sales guys i've i mean the guys that i know they love getting on the call they yeah. love that that energy and that challenge but it's all the other crap that they have yeah. to do all I mean, day that everybody hates. You so, know? so let's talk about a couple. So let's talk about um, outbound. Let's talk strategy. Let's, um, you know, let's talk about, um, you know, inbound, outbound. Yeah. You know, what makes a what makes an organization tick? Can we do that? Or you want to talk about something else? No, we can talk about let's that. Th- what we, do you want to talk about? Let's like, talk about you. We got like five minutes left. So. <laughs> That's an inbound, okay. outbound. That's a long, long. Okay, so what <laughs> should we have to do another podcast? So I, what? I think on this one, let's wrap it up. On okay. this one, we'll. I, I think, um, and and I'll cut this out, but uh, we'll get into like how do people get a hold of you? Okay, you know, gotcha. everything else, and then right. and then let's get back together. You know, I don't know, a week. Okay, two weeks. Okay. Um, cool. Two weeks. Okay, I'm gone next week. All so. right, let's do it. All right. Well, next week's Christmas. Yay! Yay! I haven't bought my daughter a Christmas present yet. It's okay. I haven't bought you a present yet. Yeah, yeah I have. But All right. So, Brad, where can people find more information on Monster Connect? Yep. So they can go to our website. It's, oh, uh, it's a beautiful website, by the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who did that? These are really nice people downtown. <laughs> the mark, the the great folks at the Disney Media. <laughs> you don't have to say that. I would just no, you guys really it. have done a good a good job. I think if you're if you're a tech company and you're looking to do anything, I don't. I think it's you know I don't know why you wouldn't call. Yeah, it's, uh, we got a look. You can. We have an unfair advantage. You do have an unfair yeah, advantage, yeah, and that's that we work with marketing tech companies, so we we tend to know kind of what the recipe is and 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 reapply it with each client. So and just keep tuning it up. So. Well, I know you're trying to talk about us, but you yes. guys have done a, you've done a phenomenal job just in Thank our you. in our positioning and 
you know how we how we enter the market so i really appreciate that but but let's let's get you some business so (laughs) monsterconnect.com yes is probably the best place to reach us and hit the contact page and submit a form or call the call the number there okay so 800-875-3015 see that uh, bottom left and right hand corners of our screen yeah (laughs) small legal small donation And, uh, and do you guys do, uh, I mean, what's a sales process? Is it typically, um, you know, a demo right up front or is it, is it more of an explanation? Yeah. So, so typically what we do is, is we're going to do a phone call first Yeah. and we're just going to figure out how you do what you do today. Okay. Um, and then, you know, there's a couple things that we're looking, you know, we're looking for, we're looking really for companies that have, have a process, yep. um, and already have the structure in place that we can accelerate. Um, those are really indicators for us that this is going to be successful. So we're yeah. looking at people that are c- committed to a strategy. Yep. And then we're accelerating that strategy. And what size? What size business? Um, you know, anywhere from. I mean, we do have you know one and two man sales teams, but I'd say um, anywhere from three sales guys up. Okay. So that at three sales guys is where you really start having a process. What happens if if we come in before that? Um, it typically what happens is is honestly, they get more conversations than they know what to do with. Yeah. And um, that the process isn't there they to move people through the They can't write proposals fast enough. No, they can't. Yeah. Um, yeah. They can't write proposals. It just creates a chaotic situation. There's not enough. You know, in order for, the, for, in order for our product to work at its best, the best that it can work, is there really has to be the internal processes of generating a meeting and, and passing it on to a sales executive or a sales executive is scheduling a meeting for, you know, there's gotta be a process in place or we basically allow you to go so fast you just implode. So if you're smaller than three guys, it's just typically not a good match because you don't have the, you know, the mechanism in place to make it successful. And then of course, monsterconnect.com, read the blog. Uh, You guys write about sales leadership and positioning and, and everything. So it's well beyond just, you know, Hey, how do you navigate a, you know, Subscribe online at marketingtechblog.com. Subscribe to our email, download our app, or follow us on social media.